Want better ingredients without breaking the bank? With Florida Crystals, you get all the goodness of top quality sugars at a price that feels right. Made from organic sugar cane that we sustainably grow on our family-owned farms right here in the U.S. Florida Crystals Organic Raw Cane Sugars are kind to you, the planet, and your wallet. Whether your next recipe calls for light brown, powdered, or organic raw cane sugar, there's a Florida Crystals sugar for every baking occasion. That's honest-to-goodness sugar. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, Dr. D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, home for the locals. Gotta be social, network, global, home for the locals. Katie Brinkley, Katie, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Excited to be back with you. Yeah, I'm great. I, I always love talking to you because you're like on the cusp of everything social media, and, uh, <laughs> like all the stuff that like I don't know about, you know. And so I think it'd be great. We have a live audience now through the Wisdom app, another social audio uh, app that just launched today, actually. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've been spending a lot of well, social audio is absolutely something I partake in on a regular basis. Um, and I've been doing some live episodes also on another app, um, but I, I absolutely love the, the audience interaction and having the opportunity to have that live feel for podcasts. Yeah, I, th- I think it's cool. I was like, man, you know what? This could be a really cool uh, opportunity to do this. So I was like, oh, you know, ask me. You've been on here. I said, you know, let me give it a shot, see how it goes. And the audience is building, got people coming into the room over and over here so they can join in and be guests at some point if they want to ask you any questions. Uh, Katie has so much knowledge, uh, but we're going to jump into it. So we talked a couple min- a couple months ago and a lot of that conversation was about clubhouse, fireside, green room. Now we have wisdom. What else are you seeing out there in the social audio space or how to optimize that space as well? You know? Well, there's a reason why there's all these different social audio apps coming out. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why uh, radio still exists, even with video sticking around. There's there's just something powerful about hearing somebody speak. And I think that that is something that's kind of become a lost art with, with texting and DMs and yeah. all of these social media channels. You know, you can post a lot of pretty pictures and, you know, you know high produced videos, but there's something authentic about hearing someone speak to their knowledge or speak with what with whatever the topic is, and you can hear the passion behind their voice. And so I think there's a reason for all these social audio apps. Fireside, like you said, Clubhouse, um, there's Racket, which is like shorter um, audio clips. There's Wisdom, like you said. There's even Facebook is in on it. Um, Facebook has their own, um, it's called the Facebook audio. Um, That's really an original neat, idea. I know, yeah, Facebook yeah. audio, but audio. Uh, it, it's mostly, so for on the Facebook side, it's mostly for celebrities. They've already partnered with a lot of those bigger names, like um, I think Carmelo Anthony was hosting a Facebook audio room a couple weeks back. So, I mean, they've already partnered with big names um, to host their audio spaces. And there's Twitter spaces. Um, and Reddit has their own uh, audio feature. Slack has incorporated an audio feature. So I think that, 
you know, one thing that we all learned when the pandemic happened was how much we missed talking to people. And like I said, it, it happened a lot with texting. It's just, it's easier for me just to respond to a text message and pick up the phone and call my mom and say, this is what we're doing for dinner. I can just get it out really quick with a text message and keep right. doing stuff. So I think that audio, audio, people miss talking to people. And that's why audio, social audio has made such a strong comeback this year. Yeah, I think so. And actually, last week I had on uh, Tally Metanyahu, who has uh, the creator of Blink, which is a s- social audio speed dating app. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool stuff, apparently, what she was telling me. But it, it goes towards what we we're saying of the, you know, the importance of hearing somebody speak. So in your experience in these social audio applications, where does success come from that you've seen so far with this? I think that when you go in to any of these apps and with intention, that's the most important thing because it can be a giant rabbit hole if you're just bouncing in and out of rooms because essentially you're listening to a conversation for sometimes what goes on for hours and, yeah. and days. I, I really think that when you set your time up for intention, um, whether you're hosting these rooms or you want to learn from somebody, you do need to block it into your calendar. Don't just kind of try and have it in there like you would a podcast if that background noise or anything. When you set up your, your time on these apps, intentionally, whether you're hosting a room um, for whether it's lead gen or um, you know, if you want to discuss a topic that's important to you, putting together an outline like you would for any other type of speaking engagement, that's essential. Um, promoting it is essential on these other social media platforms that you've already created your network on and your community on. Um, but I, I think that that's one of the biggest things is be intentional with your time on these apps because when you are, you're going to get a lot more out of it. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And you're always talking about engagement and being intentional with that, which I think is uh, really important with those things. So, you know, you mentioned uh, Facebook audio. Facebook seems to be taking a tremendous mega amount of heat as of late. Could you, uh, with your knowledge, update the audience a little bit about maybe what's going on? Maybe it's not a super in-depth thing, but what do you know that's going on there? Well, I think this has kind of just been uh, in the works for a while. I mean, Facebook, well, MySpace was the OG, but I mean, really, Facebook is what changed social media, like they changed our entire way of living. Um, And now the demographics over there are a little bit older. Um, It's become a pay to play platform for businesses. And a lot of businesses are trying to find ways that they can still get that organic reach. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that are leaving Facebook to spend more time on Instagram or LinkedIn or, you know, social audio platforms. And I think it's just kind of been a lot of people are tired of the way that the platform has started to turn um, with, you know, again, big pay to play for businesses. It used to be where the little guy could still get their message out there. The iOS uh, update really did hurt Facebook's reach um, and, you know, ad prices have gone up. So I think it's kind of been trending that way for a while, but uh, that the big blackout that happened with Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp um, a couple weeks ago yeah. really was a big a wake-up call for a lot of people that are kind of like, eh, I don't know if I necessarily need Facebook <laughs> in my life. Wow. So 
That's interesting you said that. So maybe there was a shift in behavior. It's like, well, I don't have this. Do I really need it? Or maybe I want to prioritize another option for that. That sounds like what you're saying there. Yeah, and I think that it was a good opportunity for business owners to realize that, you know, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, they're all owned by the same company. Um, it does make sense to, divert, to diversify a bit. So maybe spend more time on Instagram and LinkedIn or uh, Instagram and TikTok, you know, if that video is your thing. So, I mean, diversify and don't throw all your eggs in Mark Zuckerberg's basket. <laughs> I think Zuckerberg's <laughs> taking a lot of heat for a lot of this stuff. It's uh. I feel like that that platform had such uh, interesting beginnings of college students. I remember it was just for college students. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure they ever knew it would become what it is today. I don't think any of us did. Yeah. I mean, it, when you think about it, it was something that, that evolved because it was you know, a way for you to meet other people on your, at your school, at your yeah. campus. Um, because you're at a lot of these bigger schools and it's kind of like, oh, I can meet other people that I might not have a class with. So I understand where it started, but I mean, none of us would have ever predicted that we'd be walking around with a portable computer in our hand. You know, some of my best friends that I've met on, on Instagram and on Clubhouse. And uh, I mean, one lives in Seattle, another one lives in Boston. There's another one that lives in Texas. And I mean, we've never met in real life, but they're right. some of my closest friends. Yeah, I mean, there's so many positives to it, but I think there's it's also a lot of stuff, kind of like pitfalls that people have to be aware of. And I think Facebook has kind of dealt with a lot of the blowback of the pitfalls. I think the last time we talked, Facebook was developing an Instagram for kids, and that got a huge blowback of like, how dare you do this, right? Yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing too. Like, I I do social media for work, but I mean, my kids are not on social media. Right, exactly. They're, I mean, I, it's, it's hard enough. Like we, we let them watch YouTube once a week. Right. And luckily those YouTube, you know, videos are like 12 minutes long. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's, I, I think, and I think that I'm not alone. I think that a lot of, of the um, millennial and uh, I, I'm, I'm right. I'm, I'm actually called a geriatric millennial. Geriatric millennial. I know. Like, what a terrible phrase. That's a horrible name. I know. I prefer the Oregon Trail generation. Oh, I like uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, the, I'm considered the millennial that uh, grew up as all of these, you know, social networks and the internet was kind of coming out. Um, it wasn't already there. It was we were growing along with it. So yeah. I think that a lot of people in, in that age demographic are kind of like, man, I saw how it changed my life. I don't know if I want my kids to be a part of it just yet. And so it's, I, I think there's something to be said about just trying to kind of keep, keep your kids off of the, the social media, you know, until they're older. And when Instagram for kids was coming out, it was kind of like, whoa. Whoa. How are we, we're going to be encouraging kids to have even more screen time and, you know, what are we going to do about, you know, potential predators? I mean, there's so many like red flags that were thrown that it doesn't surprise me that it got squashed. <laughs> yeah. And it seemed to be pretty quick. Like the, 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 the feedback was pretty quick and people were like, no, this can't happen. <laughs> and you think in society, there's many things we keep from our children for a long time until they mature and grow for mm -hmm. that. It just felt kind of like a slimy thing. It's like, come on, man. Why do you have to keep like this endless growth of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I mean, it's not just, you know, like going back to Facebook in general, I think that it's, it's still the, the one of the biggest players out there. It's still yeah. the largest social media app out there. It's not to say that everyone is abandoning Facebook, you know, pull your ad dollars by any means. I think, you know, there's, it's still second in the most, you know, online used online platforms. I mean, YouTube's number one, um, Facebook's number two, then Instagram, then Pinterest. So, I mean, keep in mind, you know, where you're putting your, your time and your efforts, you know, maybe diversify a little bit. If you're seeing a lot of success on Facebook and Facebook ads, I'm not saying to pull your ad dollars on it, but maybe consider, you know, repurposing some of that higher quality video content that you're doing over on YouTube, you know, maybe consider, you know, doing a little bit more on, on TikTok or, or LinkedIn. So find the other places uh, outside of the Mark Zuckerberg universe to diversify your business's ad spend. So speaking of Instagram, I believe you had some posts and things about Instagram's new suggestion about number of hashtags. Can you speak <laughs> a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so a few weeks back, the um, at creators account, um, which is uh, pushed out by Instagram, they posted a very controversial post saying that you only need to use three to five hashtags in a post. And everyone on, on the gram uh, was what? You know? <laughs> uh, so I think that that was, it, it caused a huge uh, concern over how many hashtags you really should be using. Um, and like anything, I went and researched it. And, you know, this is the biggest thing. The, the more hashtags you use, and, and Instagram gives you 30, the more hashtags that you use, the more opportunities you're going to be happy, you're going to have to be found in search. Um, and this, it, it really, to me, it showed that stop with the generic hashtag love, you know, hashtag Friday or whatever, the generic hashtags and really be intentional with the hashtags that you're using. Um, I think that that was the biggest wake up call because realistically, three to five of the hashtags in that 30, if you are a smaller account, have the potential of getting that reach, have the potential of getting found. And so be specific and really research your hashtags. There's a lot of hashtag tools out there. The one that I like and works best for me and my clients is flick.tech. And if you're interested in that, I have a link to it in my Instagram bio. But I really like it because you can put in all of the hashtags that you're using. It looks at all the posts that you've done, and it tells you which hashtags ranked, which ones worked, which ones didn't. Mm. And you can really utilize your hashtags to the best of your abilities. So um, they said three to five hashtags. And I really think that that is for those large accounts. It's for the larger mm. accounts that have maybe, you know, 100,000, 200,000, a million plus followers because they have so many people reaching out or engaging on their posts right away that it's going to get the traction. Um, whereas, you know, I have, I think like 45, 4,600 followers. And if I start getting people engaging, that's great, but if it's not the same as having, you know, yeah. one to 200 people engaging right away. Right. So flick.tech, is that what you said? Yeah, yep. And is this a free service to use or does it cost anything? It, it is not a free service, um, but it's, 
it's I think nine dollars a month or something. Right, right. Um, I think it's just you know um, I, I think it's worth every penny and uh, for instead of just trying to throw spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks, <laughs> you can really look and see like, oh, well, what do you know? I'm ranking like, I rank in the top five for that hashtag. I have to make sure I utilize that more. Um, and then if you really want to have a, a strong strategy um, around your hashtag, which I think it, you should, um, it's it's a great, you know, investment of, of nine bucks a month. Interesting. This is, so again, we're here with Katie Brinkley. Uh, just all things social media marketing expert. And uh, you just heard flick.tech, a great piece of information, $9 a month uh, for to use to optimize your hashtag. So talk a little bit about, now you mentioned like big accounts, right? So what can, a lot of people don't have big accounts or they're smaller accounts. How can they optimize their accounts to uh, create lead generation or just expand their reach with people? Yeah. Um, so this is the thing. It's it's called social media for a reason, and I think that that is where a lot of people miss the boat. There, you know, and, and nothing wrong with AI services that can post on social media for you, but really, that's like only a third of social media posting. Right. And honestly, like there's been times like, and I hate saying this, but I mean, there's been times where I've gone a week without posting on my account because I've been so caught up in the client work and I'm still growing. And the reason I'm still growing is because I'm engaging with other accounts. So when you're on social media, you have to comment on other people's posts. You need to engage with them. And again, this is where the hashtags come into play. If you're using, if you look at the hashtags that your ideal client and customer are using, you can, so so for me, I work with a lot of real estate agents. So hashtag uh, Realtor Denver, hashtag Denver Real Estate, real estate. Um, if I engage with those hashtags, I'm engaging on my ideal client's posts and, right. and I'm giving them feedback and comments will help them in the Instagram algorithm. I'm showing up in their feed and they're going to say, hey, who is this? I am Katie Brinkley. They'll click on my feed and on my little profile picture and be like, oh, look, she has all these great tips for, for social media. I want to follow her and get free tips. And that is how you're able to get the right followers on your account. I mean, that you can have 100,000 followers, but if none of them engage, what's the point? You want to have the right people following your account engaging with you. So doing this kind of outward, you know, you so let's say for like the hashtag Denver realtor and stuff, do you go in the search and type that in and mm-hmm. then make comments on anyone that has that or people have that hashtag on there? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I have another tool. So if you guys want to head right. on over Love my Instagram, <laughs> yep, and just click on the link in my profile. Um, the tool is called Dollar Eighty. Um, so yeah, if you click on my link tree, uh, I think it's like the second uh, or third one down. It's called the Dollar Eighty method, and the idea behind it is that you give ninety people your two cents. Um, and Dollar Eighty is a Chrome extension that you can use through Google Chrome. That way, you're you know using all fingers to type and not just two thumbs. Right. Um, it makes commenting a lot faster and you yes. can add in 
10 hashtags that your ideal client and customer is using. Um, you can add in location tags if you're a location-based business. And you can be engaging with the people that matter to you most. Um, and you, like I said, it's a Chrome extension and it helps keep track of how many you've done. It pushes out the comments slowly um, because if you do too much commenting too quickly, Instagram's going to think you're a bot and your account's going to shut down. So mm. this $1.80 Chrome extension is, is great. Um, again, I have a link for it in my bio. And that, uh, for anybody, those Chrome extensions are generally free, right? You just download yeah, it. it. Yep. So they have a free version and they have a paid version. Again, for me, it's worth, I think, the, I think it's $7 a month mm -hmm. to, to have it um, because it's a great organic growth strategy to, to implement. What's the difference between the free and the paid version for people to know? Um, so the, the free version, I think you only can add in like four hashtags to engage with, where the uh, larger account or the, the paid version, you can have up to 10 hashtags. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my, my mind around this. So you have listen, 90 people and you're giving, so on these 90, sorry for this, but like, are you commenting on those 90 people's things or what, what how does that work? I just want to get a good so, idea. Denver real estate. Okay. And it will tell me the, uh, the, the most recent uh, post to come out using that hashtag. And it might be, it's probably going to be from about 50 different people. Right. So I can just click on it, comment, click on the next comment, click on the next comment. And so it's all those people that have been used that are using that hashtag that have just posted. So one post might be 10 seconds old, or the next post could be three hours old. Um, but you just go down the line and and comment. And it again, you can you can do it through the Instagram page, um, you know, like on your computer. Yeah. It's I've just found that it, the the dollar eighty extension really makes things easy to kind of keep in a collection and, and keep together. Gotcha. So you already hear dollar eighties. I mean, lots of great gems mm -hmm. here. Lots of inf tools that I'm sure a lot of people don't know about. Honestly, it's people are on this kind of hamster wheel of life. And it's hard to know everything that's out there. So speaking of tools, I think I may have saw one of your posts, something about Loomly. Is that another tool or yeah. option? Yeah, and, it's uh, another tool I like. <laughs> more tools, we're giving you tools here today, all right? Yeah, so Loomly is a scheduler. Um, and if you don't have a scheduler, scheduler as part of your digital marketing, social media strategy, get one. It, it, whether it's Loomly or Hootsuite or CoSchedule or Planoly or Planable or, or later, it, there's a lot out there. And I've tried almost all of them. I want to <laughs> say I've tried, I've tried them all. Um, <laughs> Agora Pulse. I mean, like, there's a lot of them. Loomly is the one that has worked best for me and my clients because you can go in. It's very user-friendly. Like, there's a step one, and you pick the day and the time and the time and kind of a generic idea of what the post is about. And then step two, you pick the social platforms that you want to post on. So if you do, if you are posting to four different social media platforms, um, you can click those four accounts. And I mean, it has all of them. You can post to YouTube, TikTok, um, Snapchat, uh, Pinterest, I mean, all of the socials. And then in step four, you do the generic content. So let's say you're promoting your podcast. Um, let's say you're promoting this podcast. And you want to include a link and then just kind of a general idea of what this podcast is about. 
Well, you can't just copy and paste that message onto all the social media platforms. Um, you want to kind of have it spaced correctly. You want to use the right hashtags on each platform. So, and you want to use the right size uh, video or image uh, graphic. And so in step five, you can change all of that out. You can make it so that your very first comment on Instagram has the hashtags if you like that aesthetic better. You can have location tags. It's just a really easy scheduler to use if you have multiple social media accounts. Um, and again, I'm not affiliated with this with these guys. I've asked them um, to bring me on as a partner, but like, they don't do an affiliate program, but they really are my favorite uh, scheduler to use if you have more than one social media um, platform for your business. So it makes me think on average, do you have any statistics on how many social media platforms businesses are using these days? I mean, are they using all of them or what are the major, are they using just the majors? Give me, give me an idea of that. I don't have a statistic on how many that they're using, but I can tell you that majority of them are using too many. Um, Interesting. And I understand of wanting to not potentially miss out on potential customers, but really if you're not able to go in and be strategic and post the way that you're supposed to on these platforms, all these platforms exist for a reason. And the, the reason that you're on LinkedIn might be different than the reason that you're on Instagram, which is, you know, I'm sure different than the reason that you're on Twitter, which is different than the reason that you'd be on TikTok. So, I mean, there's all these platforms that exist for a reason. You have to tailor your content specifically for that content. And if you're just copying and pasting and putting it out there, you're not doing it the right way. There's the right time to post. There's, you know, different hashtag strategies. There's different size images to use. And, Again, I think that when people take that step back, one, social media doesn't become as overwhelming to them because they're not having to worry about posting to every platform and engage on every platform. But two, you're directly talking to the people that care about your product the most. And I think that that is extremely important because then you, you have the opportunity to hear what their problems are. You can respond to them. It, it makes a world of difference when you have the time capabilities to just focus in on one or two platforms and then you could add in more but I think that for majority of the people out there I think that having two social media uh, presences for their business is is enough interesting I you know what I have not heard that take at this which is why this is fantastic so two which is funny because there are eight million it feels like out there and clearly the big ones that everybody knows about so with that being said, at this point, where do you see a lot of the momentum in terms of what's really like taking off or what's been really effective or a lot of people are flocking to uh, at this point? Well, I think that a lot of people are interested in TikTok, which okay. makes sense. It has a the great opportunity to go viral. However, this is where I think that I kind of am out on an island, um, I going viral does not mean dollars. Um, you can have 130,000 followers, but if you continue pushing out content to, to buy from you, are they, are they going to do it? And so that's where I really believe in trying to cultivate a community around your brand, cultivate, you know, the people that maybe they're not going to buy from you today, but they're talking about you to their friends. They're referring 
other people to your business. They're engaging on your posts. They're liking your posts. They're commenting all the time. So I think that that is a, a way better strategy um, than just going out there to try and have viral videos. Um, so I think that you know a lot of people are moving to TikTok, it's, which is great. If you feel comfortable on video and you have the time and your business has the time to create those 15, 30-second videos, then absolutely go for it. Just make sure you're repurposing them on Instagram too. Um, and I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things is not all of us are cut out for video. Not all of us want to get all done up and have the time to go out and dance and point or, you know, <laughs> do the editing. And that's fine. That's, there's a reason, again, that's kind of bringing, yeah. brings us back to social audio. That's why podcasts are so popular. That's why yeah. Pop is popular. That's why, this, you know, I mean, like there's all these different apps and, um, I think that try to focus in on where you have the time and the capabilities to, to grow your business's community. Um, and, and you'll be able to, to really have a strong network of, of potential buyers. And like I said, I, I think TikTok's absolutely growing, but video isn't for all of us. And so um, there's nothing wrong. I think that for, for me, I think that Instagram is a great place to still gain organic reach just because of hashtags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I've been spending a lot of time on Instagram and trying to utilize all the different uh, neighborhoods of, of posting that you can on, on Instagram. And it's been working for me and my clients. That's interesting. I think you said something that's very freeing to a lot of people that is that video is not for everyone. Uh, for those of you listening, I think uh, there is a, somewhat of a pressure, I think, to constantly be posting these videos and then you see i'll give you my experience i see these videos and it's like i don't want to point at stuff you know i don't want to do like all these things and what you know and that's great for people who want to do that but it also seems like i mean yeah you really got to keep that going a lot if you keep it doing and if, and if you're not comfortable with that you should do- totally not be doing something that you're not comfortable doing and uh, I think that that actually message coming from you probably frees a lot of people, honestly. It really does because people are doing stuff they don't want to do because they think I'm going to go, I have to do this to go viral, you know? Yeah, and you know, honestly, there's, it's so r- rare to, to go viral. So if you go viral and you get up to 6 million views, that is awesome. But it's the next like three videos that I would be watching the most because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, did these people stick around to see what else you do? Or right. did, they, did they jet? You know, so I think that that is something to, to keep in mind. Like viral views is, is great, but is it bringing in the dollars? And, um, you know, not all of us want to do video. So that's yeah. why there's that's why there's uh, social audio apps out there. That's exactly right. So talk a little bit too. We talked about this a couple of months ago in our last episode, but I think for our new listeners, got about 40 in here in the room right now, listening, people want to know about buying followers. And it sounds yeah. cringeworthy. It is I think it's terrible, but I think coming from you would have a lot of weight. Talk about this, please. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's very easy and cheap to buy followers. Um, but it's, only going to mess with all of your data and anyone that lands on your page, if they see that you have 12,000 followers and then two likes on your post, it's very obvious as to the fact that they might not really be, they might not really be an account. So I think that it, and it can be frustrating when you're first getting started, like, okay, cool. I have 10 followers and eight of them are my 
my family, you know, but that, again, it's, it goes into that whole strategy of engaging as your account, you know, posting quality content. Um, and it's, if you buy followers, it's one obvious for your clients, uh, potential people that will come to your page, but two, it's just going to mess with your metrics. If you go into your insights as a um, creator or a business account on Instagram, you can see where your biggest audience is. And if they're all in, um, you know, Brazil, then <laughs> unless you're a business based in Brazil or do a lot of, you know, online sales for people in Brazil, it really doesn't matter if, you know, when they're online or, you know, what times they're most active or any of that. So if you want to have good statistics to craft your posts for your ideal client, to put them out at the time that your Instagram audience is on, I mean, all of that, you have to just do it the old hard way um, and be pushing out as much content as you can strategically using the right hashtag and by engaging, engaging, engaging. You mentioned pushing out content. Um, what's, I don't know if this is even, but people I think have a hard time keeping up with putting out content. You know, it's almost kind of like you feel like you're in this wheel. Like how much of this do I have to do all the time for that? Do you have any advice for people who are just like, they struggle to, with this feeling of having to always do it? I think that you can have a very strong Instagram strategy with as little as three to four posts a week. Mm. Um, there's a lot of other people out there who are on the quantity bandwagon, you know, posting three to four a day. And you know what? If that is your full-time job, posting things on Instagram, then you can do three to four posts a day. Um, there's a reason why, you know, Gary Vanderchuk, he is one of the, you know, biggest names out there in the, the digital marketing world. But he has an entire team that sits around and repurposes, you know, one blog post 20 different ways every day. You know, so I think that that's where do as much as you can. Um, three to four posts a week is enough, I think, um, as long as you're showing up in the different neighborhoods. You know, you show up in the carousel post, you show up in the feed, um, you're utilizing video, you're utilizing stories. And stories are a great way to show up for your audience and just kind of tell them what your what your daily life is like. And so I think that that's extremely important to, to keep in mind as well. Um, three to four posts a week, as long as you're engaging on other people's content, um, that's that's everything. You mentioned um, before, I'm gonna go back to kind of like, just as an example, like Denver real estate, how important is the location aspect of your posts to the quality of it? I think so. You should always have your location on your posts. If you don't, again, you're going to be missing an opportunity because some people do just search by location tag. Like, right. oh, what's going on in Littleton today? Now, what's going on in Denver? And you have the opportunity to be found. So if you are a local-based business, you absolutely need to be adding in the city that, or, or the next biggest city right. that, you're, that you do business in. Um, but if you're an online business and you should absolutely just Tag some of your big where you you can see on on Instagram and your insights where you, the majority of your followers are from. So surprisingly, even though um, I I'm in Denver and a lot of my clients are here in Denver, my largest location is in New York, followed oh. by followed by Sacramento. <laughs> really interesting. Denver is number three on the list. And so if I were an online business, I would be using the locations of where the majority of my audience was hanging out is. So that way I can hopefully show up in front of more people from that area. 
Wow. That's curious. New York and Sacramento, right? The opposite sides of the country, but you're in the <laughs> middle of the country, basically. <laughs> wow. I know, it's crazy. That is crazy. What are some of the, um, when you're working with people, what are some of the most difficult things to kind of get through to people when you're working with them related to their social media and, and how to optimize it? The biggest thing that I is a struggle to, to kind of overcome is the fact that um, you need to be a part of it. And while I'm not saying you got to go out there and start dancing and pointing, you do need to show up in the feed, whether it's through pictures or um, in your Instagram stories. So if you're, we're just going to go with the real estate agents again, your real estate agent and you're heading out to do a, an open house, you need to be documenting that on your story. Um, if you just finished the closing. Um, you need to be documenting that on your story. And the only way to be doing that is by holding it up and talking to your <laughs> talking to your phone. And it feels weird. I get it. The majority <laughs> of us, we did not grow up with a phone in our face. We didn't. Yes. And it can be hard to get into the habit of yeah. showing people we don't know what we're doing. But that's how you're really gonna draw people into you and the, the Katie Brinkley brand, you know, is yeah. by showing them the behind the scenes, showing them exactly, you know, what your day-to-day -day is like. And um, always bring it back to business. Uh, you know, I don't want to be showing a bunch of pictures of just having to turn into my dog's Instagram account. <laughs> but I mean, you have to make sure that you bring it back to what you what the audience came in for in the first place. And that, you know, regardless of what you do, whether it's real estate or, or business strategy or social media tips, you know, you have to bring it back into what's in it for them. You know, what's interesting about the, you know, holding the phone up and looking at it, it is weird. You're saying so many things that I think a lot of people, they're thinking about it, but they're not necessarily saying a lot about it. I find that whole thing awkward and weird, honestly. <laughs> But I also think, what do you, well, when I ask, what do you think the people who are like, listen, I just don't want to document my life constantly, but I want to be effective also, you know? You know, it's, and like I said, it's hard, um, but that's why Instagram stories is great. It's gone after 24 hours. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not saying like, wake up. Okay, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> happy Tuesday. You know, it's. <laughs> It's more of, uh, you know, like, so for this podcast, you know, right. it'd be a great time to just take a picture of the two of us smiling right. and adding it to your story and saying, just wrapped up the next, uh, you know, social sure. media episode with Katie Brinkley, you know, yep. that's a great story that you can use. And it's not you having to document your life or anything, but it's a great way for people to see like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I want to make sure I, that, that way when it shows up in your feed in a couple of days, they be like, oh yeah, here's. Here it is. He just talked yeah. about this a few days ago. Right. Um, and I mean, like, it's it's not it doesn't need to be like, oh, me and the family are getting on the airplane to go on vacation. You know, it doesn't <laughs> need to be like that. It's but trying to keep people in the loop as to what you're doing and sharing other people's uh, content to your stories is, is a great tip too. Um, so I'm an Enneagram Seven, so there's a lot of Enneagram accounts that I follow. And when there's funny things that I'm like, yep, that's me. I'll share that to my story. And it just gives people an insight like, oh, yeah, Katie, you know, you know yep, sure enough, she, she will forget my name 10 seconds after, after <laughs> meeting me. You know, like, but that's, it just kind of lets them see a little bit more of a personal side of you. Um, and again, it's, it's gone in 24 hours. So really, what do you have to lose? 
Yeah, it was interesting. I think it's a, it's a different time, but I wonder too, will there be a flip side to it? Because, you know, I've had many people I've talked to, and I like to talk to a lot of people to get a lot of different opinions, <laughs> where their children, kind of this teenage level now, younger, where they don't want to actually be on camera. They're mm-hmm. like, eh, I'm not into that. Do you see a kickback maybe of this? Because while this is a thing, maybe we never, there's always unintended things or things we don't see coming also from all these types of things. But yeah, I mean, social media in general, I mean, we never expected this. Um, And, you know, it's, things change so fast. I mean, there's been more updates and changes to Instagram in the past four months than I think we saw in the past four years. Um, But it's, things are ever changing and they're, people trying to make make things work better for us. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, people are like, eh, I'm out. Um, I'm going to go head out on Reddit uh, instead because I'm over yeah. Instagram. So, I mean, there's, and that's, again, why all these different social platforms exist. So when things change and things start going away, like that you don't really like, so you're not into video and you didn't, there's a reason you didn't get on TikTok and now Instagram's going so heavy in video. And maybe, you know, take take a look at where what your demographics are of your audience and start focusing more of your efforts on some of these other social platforms. Right, most definitely. So you mentioned a lot of changes in the past four months to Instagram. Besides the hashtag, what are some other things over the past couple of months that you've seen that have changed? Oh, oh man, there's been so many. Uh, well, Reels, I mean, that, that, that's been a huge change. Like we saw Reels come out about a year ago, but it was kind of like, a, eh, let's just see how this does. But yeah. there's been so much of a push on Reels. I mean, they're being shown on Facebook now. Um, if you are on your Facebook, as you scroll through your feed, all of a sudden there's this little middle feed of Reels that you can scroll through and see. So, I mean, it, they're pushing Reels even on to Obviously, guys, Mark Zuckerberg does not want to have any competition with TikTok, so he's trying to make the you know, TikTok knock off as much as he can on all of his platforms. So um, it's it's one of those things where Reels has really kind of, uh, TikTok has changed a lot of the way that we do social media. And it's mm. given, I mean, celebrity status to average Joes very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that the, the Reels is one of the big things that, that I've seen a change to the hashtag. Um, again, I'm saying to just stick with the 30 unless you are a super large account. Yeah. Um, th- those are two of the biggest things uh, that I've seen a different with. They, they got rid of the IGTV, like standalone app. Um, yeah. So they did have the IGTVs, which was they were trying to use to kind of compete with YouTube a bit, but that's now gone and just lives in the Instagram feed again. Um, yeah, those are some of the biggest changes I can think of off the top of my head. It feels like there's uh, a big emphasis on Instagram currently and that that is, I've actually had a lot of people tell me they feel like it's one of the best places for kind of original ideas or outreach for business that it's kind of the, it's, it's pushed to the top almost at this point. Mm-hmm. Which is surprising because I mean, like, like I yes. said before, it's, um, you know, YouTube's number one. Then, then Facebook, uh, and then Instagram is number three. But it, it definitely is getting more popular, and I think it's because of the way the algorithm is kind of working right now. With with Facebook, you know, 
feel like I only see my aunt's post and then nine news and that's, that's it. And I'm like, I follow ESPN. I follow the Broncos. I right. follow, you know, Where like, is this why am stuff? I not seeing any of this stuff? You know, I feel like I'm always seeing the same type of content in my feed. So, you know, with Instagram, it's, it's a little bit more tailored to who you're following. Now, again, they're, they made a strong emphasis on reels. So in the coming months, you're going to be seeing reels in your feed of people that you don't follow. Mm. It's just based on your past interests or hashtags that you follow. So um, all of a sudden, I start seeing a bunch of different real estate agents in my feed um, with their reels. I know why. It's because I've been engaging on that hashtag. So Sorry about that. that's me right there. That uh, there's a little connection issue going on there. Everyone, this is Dr. Darian Parker. We're here with Katie Brinkley. We're having a little bit of connection issues here, but hope you're enjoying uh, the podcast so far. Lots of great tools and nuggets that are coming from this uh, with Katie. Oh, we got kicked off there. That's okay. So anyway, so we've Katie was on. At Kroger, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Kroger app and save from wherever today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 